My Seven Chakras, episode 23. The wound is the place where the light enters you. It's a Rumi quote. And what it reminds me of is the fact that everything that happens in our life is absolutely perfect. And in fact, sometimes the most challenging experiences are the ones where we find the most beauty and the most light in the end. I think we try so hard to avoid the darkness, I say in quotes. But in fact, that's where transformation happens. The Seven Chakras swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, dear listeners. AJ here, and I'm excited to bring you our featured guest today, Karen McCullough. Karen, are you ready to inspire? Yes. Awesome. The director of West Coast Reiki Center, Karen McCullough, is a graduate from Langara College's three-year integrative energy healing program and holds certification in Reiki and reflexology. So Karen, I've given our listeners a short introduction. So why don't you take about a minute to introduce yourself? Thank you, AJ. Well, my name is Karen McCullough and primarily actually I'm a teacher and I think that I've probably always been a teacher. I started as an English teacher and now I teach Reiki as well as I do a lot of workshops through the um, West Coast Reiki Center. I also find that when I have clients on the table that it's a really, really amazing experience because it really does become a teaching moment for both them and for me because we learn so much through the unwinding of our stories on the table and watching those turn into teaching moments is really amazing. Well, thank you for that crisp introduction. Now, we know that words have the power to heal. So in order to lay the foundations for today's wonderful conversation that we're going to have, we will begin the show with an inspirational quote. So Karen, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us an example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life. The wound is the place where the light enters you. It's a Rumi quote. And what it reminds me of is the fact that everything that happens in our life is absolutely perfect. And in fact, sometimes the most challenging experiences are the ones where we find the most beauty and the most light in the end. I think we try so hard to avoid the darkness, I say in quotes. But in fact, that's where transformation happens. Wow. Thank you for sharing that profound thought. And with this wonderful thought, let us begin today's show. So Karen, I know that you conduct workshops and events from time to time. Mm -hmm. So let's just say you are at a health retreat somewhere among the mountains and someone asks you, Karen, what is the main focus at this point in your life, what would you tell them? Connection. Absolutely. The main focus in my life is connection. Connection with people, connection with the earth, and most importantly, connection with myself and with God, actually. I think that the more connection you have to your heart and to your higher power, the more you can be a witness to your own life and the more things begin to unfold in front of you and transformation begins to happen. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's, that's what I would say. Absolutely. It's connection. Well, thanks a lot for that. So Karen, let's move on to our next topic, which is all about 
chakras. Right. I know that you recently conducted a workshop on chakras, so you might be able to relate really well. Mm-hmm. So for those listening, chakras are energy centers within the body that correspond to major nerve ganglia and bodily processes such as breathing, digestion and procreation. And we have seven main chakras and while they don't exist within the physical body, they have a significant effect on our health. So Karen, could you tell us a little bit about the significance of chakras in your practice? Wow, you did a really, really, really good job of describing what chakras are, I have to say. Yes, I can. First of all, yes, chakras are not actual physical things. They are, they're like processing centers. I kind of see them almost like a computer that processes the information that we receive from the outside. And so chakras play a really important role in how we perceive the world and how we perceive um, our own experience. So, you know, we often hear about chakras being blocked and I don't actually like to talk about that because really what's happening is defense or, you know, protection. And so what I like to do is facilitate an opening there so that the information that we get from the outside world isn't so distorted because what can happen, say, for example, if your sacral chakra or your chakra that's sort of between your belly button and and tailbone is, you know, not as open as it could be, then some of the things that we that correspond to that chakra, such as finance or sexuality or emotion, become distorted. And so we see, we may take things personally, we might begin to hoard, we might begin to lose connection as far as our our sexuality and creativity goes. And so when we are able to open in that area, and that can happen during a Reiki session or an energy healing session, the information that we're processing that comes from the outside world is clearer and we're able to make more authentic steps towards our, our dreams. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I really like uh, how you have a very positive way of looking at what is conventionally termed as blockage. So instead of just terming it as blockage, uh, look at uh, what the person is feeling. And based on that, uh, like you mentioned, uh, you know, give a recommendation. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And, you know, I think we also need to remember that these defenses that we build up, Mm -hmm. gratitude is important because they're there for a reason. They protected us from something that happened at some point. And so it's not, it's not, there's nothing wrong. It's perfect. It's there because it's been protecting us all our lives. And so I think that if we have gratitude for those places that might be a little bit tender, they're more likely to open up and it's easier to trust. Wow. That is really a remarkable way to put it. This is essentially a bodily defense system. So instead of looking at it as a challenge, look at it as a way of sort of being mindful and being grateful, you know, yes, thanking the universe for what you already have uh, and your, and that your body is taking action at least to protect you mm-hmm. and then moving ahead exactly that's exactly right and yeah because we are we're pretty phenomenal things you know like from the time we're born our our energetic systems and our bodies and our our psychology learns how to keep us safe and that's a pretty amazing thing and 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 something to be grateful for wonderful thanks a lot for that uh, explanation Mm -hmm. so karen let's talk a little bit about something you specialize in, which is Reiki. Mm -hmm. So for the benefit of our audience, what is Reiki and where does this ancient practice originate from? Reiki is a form of bioenergetic healing and it originated in Japan. 
I mean, it, it's been around forever, of course, but originated in Japan with a man named Mikao Usui. And he was basically on a search. He was searching his whole life. And he went to a mountain on a pilgrimage and he met, sat in meditation. And he had what is called a satori in Japanese, which is sort of an awakening. And during that satori, he received the ability to transmit Reiki energy or universal healing energy, as well as some symbols. And each of those symbols, um, my teacher calls it sort of like flavoring on ice cream. So if Reiki were pure vanilla ice cream, the symbols give them nuance or give them, you know, like chocolate, chocolate sauce or caramel sauce or strawberry sauce. So it just sort of changes the, um, the expression of the energy slightly if that makes sense. So there's one symbol that we use that is, is called focus. And so that, that symbol is a little more earthly and a little more grounded. And another one that is in Western terminology called the mental emotional symbol. And that one is connected more to our, our heart center, I suppose, as well as our, our mental processes. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, Karen, what were you doing before you became a Reiki practitioner, if you could tell us the story behind it. Well, I was an English teacher, and I've always been curious about, I suppose, the esoteric. And so I, I have always sort of dabbled in it. And what happened really was that my father got very sick, and he, of course, was afraid, which was quite natural, and most of us have that. And I noticed that when I put my hands on his feet, and breathed with him, I didn't meditate or anything at the time, that he was able to be quite present and that the fear, while not completely disappearing, took a bit of a backseat to being present and connecting with me. So at that point, I took my Reiki Level 1 training and I really didn't intend to do anything with it other than connect to myself a little bit more and try and achieve what I had seen happen with my father because after he died, I recognized that we all have this in ourselves, this fear of loss and the sphere of death and so I wanted to connect with that in my in my own self so that when my time came it wouldn't be quite as frightening so yeah I was just I was an English teacher who was looking for connection I guess is really where I was at so uh, that's an inspirational story Karen I, I actually recall a quote by Les Brown that states it really doesn't matter what is going on right now the only thing that matters is what you're doing about it. So do something powerful. And it's obvious that you did something powerful at that point when your father was experiencing those symptoms. And you did so by taking action, by taking that certification and learning something new. And that led you to becoming who you are today. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, totally. And you know what you just made me think is that, you know, I think that we're, we demonize fear. And really, without fear, I wouldn't have done it. Fear was what drove me to do it. So, yeah. Fear, while it's not something we want to be living in for our entire lives, it actually can be quite a driving force. That's completely true. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's assume that a person listening to the show right now has decided to go for a Reiki session. Mm -hmm. So what are certain benefits that this person could obtain from getting a Reiki session? Now, I want you to break it down, break down those benefits into short term Mm -hmm. and then long term basis. 
okay, well, on a short-term basis, for sure, after a Reiki session, you're going to feel more relaxed. Absolutely, you're going to feel more relaxed. Your sleep might improve that night. Your head might be a little clearer. You may feel a little a little more grounded, connected to the earth. And I'm glad you asked about the long-term basis because a lot of times people come in for one session and they, they love the results after one session and more than one session is necessary because on a long-term basis, what can happen is that you can really cultivate that witness consciousness, which is, in my opinion, the absolute key to healing, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, so that you're able to witness yourself and how you move through the earth or through the world and how, how a lot of the beliefs and thoughts and even physical pains that we have aren't really us. They're just something that we're experiencing. And so with time and with Reiki sessions and and perhaps even developing a Reiki practice or a meditation practice, you can begin to witness, witness yourself. And when you can witness yourself, you can let go of the pieces that are no longer serving you. Thanks a lot for sharing. I remember a quote that states, you need to be content with small steps. Mm -hmm. That's all life is because the small steps that you take every day, Uh, And when you look back down the road, it all adds up and you know that you've covered a great distance. Mm -hmm. And it's so obvious from what you shared that if a person just immediately takes a Reiki session, of course, that person will benefit. A person will see those immediate conspicuous results. But if the person does it on an ongoing basis, after a certain period of time, he or she can develop Uh, what you mentioned, the witness consciousness. Is that the witness consciousness? Yeah, that's right. That's what I call it. Yeah. Wonderful. I mean, that's I didn't coin the phrase, but that's what I identify with. Yeah. Exactly. So they can develop that witness consciousness, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure cannot be developed immediately. Take some time, take some practice. But once you know it, once you get it, uh, you really benefit from that uh, particular state. Absolutely. More than anything else in my life, developing that consciousness has been so transformational and it's the best thing I could ever have done. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Karen, I know that we've discussed some really great benefits of Reiki, but let's face it, there's nothing more inspiring than a real life example. So what is your biggest and most inspiring client success story till date? I was thinking about this actually and honestly it was a woman and she came in and she was emotionally distraught I I guess is the best word to use. She was so tight and so uncomfortable and so desperate to to open and I, I never really do anything but this time I really did nothing. She sat she laid on the table and I held her shoulders and I just sat there with her for, I think, probably an hour and 15 minutes, holding her shoulders um, from behind. And eventually her arms began to turn outwards, sort of like you would in Shavasana, so that your heart begins to open. And she sank deeper and deeper into the table. And um, she began to cry. And she cried for most of the time. And initially it was quite racking. The sobs were painful and with time they they subsided a little bit and it became gentler and gentler and gentler until they've eventually stopped and she just sort of took a deep breath and was able to just be for a moment and when she came off the table it was like she was a completely different person and my feeling was that she she needed to be witnessed by somebody else because sometimes when we're not able to witness ourselves having somebody else witness us 
and be completely okay with wherever we're at is just the key to to just sinking into our own bodies and becoming completely present to ourselves and our beautiful experiences and the magnificent beings that we are. You know what I mean? Like the, the fact that she was so caged and so guarded, I suppose, was meant that she wasn't even able to see her own beauty, which is probably the most difficult beauty to see. But certainly the world was not able to see her beauty. She was a completely different person. She was glowing and she was much closer to to her core true nature, which is perfection. Was that story okay? Was it clear? Yeah, it's it. I, I got a couple of uh, things that you shared with really struck with me and resonated with me. Uh, first of all, you mentioned that she was emotionally distraught. Uh-huh. And you said that even though she was experiencing that level of stress or pressure, both physically, emotionally as well, the key was that she was desperate to open. Yes. Right? Desperate to change. And it sort of speaks to uh, what a lot of other guests have also shared is that in any healing session or any Reiki session, uh, you might have the person who wants to, uh, who needs that healing and you might have the healer as well. But if the person receiving the healing does not have the intention to heal or does not have the belief uh, that he or she might heal, then the ultimate effect of that healing session would not be optimized or would not be maximized. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I would actually say that that's correct. I mean, Reiki is going to work no matter what. You could be the biggest cynic in the world and the Reiki is, is still going to be there and it's still going to enter you. Yeah. However, if you're not willing to to be seen, then mm-hmm. the effect isn't going to last because you, your defenses will come back. Right. So yeah, I would totally agree with that. I also love that you shared that gradually she began to relax Mm -hmm. and the signs of relaxation were first visible physically. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that her her shoulders changed as if she was in Shavasana, she began to relax. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that you were holding her shoulders all the while strongly suggests that you were that catalyst, right? You were that facilitator that initiated that change. But again, uh, a lot of it depended on the intention of the person receiving that change. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you, you, both of you at that point shared a very strong bond, even though you probably might have met for the first time. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Totally, totally. Um, I would agree that I was a facilitator. As far as being the catalyst, I think that the catalyst happened before she even walked into the room. I mean, it was something that she was like, I am just too uncomfortable. I can't do this anymore. It's like that moment just before an explosion, you know? And so I think that it had happened just before she walked in and it, it, that it was something within her, but I was a facilitator. Yeah. So I helped perhaps guide it, but I really didn't do very much other than witness her and, and be completely present with her. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. I'm sure that this gives our listeners proof that a transformation is possible. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely possible. Now, Karen, at this stage of our show, I usually ask our guests for one health tip, something simple and small that a person can immediately try to improve his or her health. So what is one highly beneficial health advice or tip that you could share with our audience? For example, one of our guests recently spoke to us about the benefits of walking once in a while barefoot on the soil or the grass. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Meditate. Absolutely meditate. Now, I know that just beginning to meditate and starting a meditation practice, you know, where you sit down and for an hour a day isn't something that's going to happen overnight. Even 
one or two minutes or even stepping away from whatever you're doing and taking a few deep breaths all the way down into your belly and just allowing yourself to, to reconnect to the earth as well as to yourself develops the witness consciousness again and allows some space between yourself and whatever it is that you're you're dealing with in that particular moment so absolutely meditate well thanks a lot for that wonderful advice i think it speaks to the fact that a change is a change mm-hmm. you, you don't have to have a big change to add you know immediately Mm-mm. but if you make those small changes over an ongoing period of time you will notice that paradigm shift so there you go listeners don't wait for that perfect moment to meditate even if you can dedicate just about a minute two minutes to what you define as meditation now there's no perfect way of meditation maybe you can read an article go through a youtube video or maybe listen to a podcast uh, and what not but just take action begin meditation and you will before you know it see the benefits well thanks a lot absolutely Mm-hmm. So John Maxwell once said that success is due to our stretching to the challenges of life. Failure comes when we shrink from them. The key is then to take on these challenges head on. And this is going to be the central theme for the next phase of our show, which is all about a major challenge or a learning moment. So Karen, tell us about a time when you faced a major challenge or barrier. Take us to that moment. Tell us what you are feeling at that instant and then how did you approach that particular challenge honestly every challenge i've ever faced in my life has been interpersonal or related to connection um and i suppose betrayal at the same time and recently i had a, a i thought that maybe i was done with this this lesson the lesson of betrayal however i had the biggest one of my life and what happened was i i was in the role of a leadership role and some of my closest friends i suppose we, in our language we would use the word betrayed me in retrospect that's not what happened at all they they did what was right they felt was right for them and it created a situation for me that was highly stressful and it involved legal matters and it involved me having to speak in front of groups of people and defend myself and frankly at first i completely crumbled for a day or two is what i did and something that i really learned and noticed right from the very beginning with this one was that i recognized after i had crumbled that this was a learning opportunity prior to that i i often i think probably felt that it was the world doing something to me or that i was a victim in some way and this time i recognized okay this is happening for a reason and i was able to put quite a bit of distance between myself and the situation and this is again due to the witness consciousness and i was able at that point to deal with the situation with a little bit more kindness both for myself and for them i mean not to say that there wasn't moments of anger and resentment but i think that i could see how on an energetic level for sure things were were absolutely happening in the most perfect way that they could and that this again was a catalyst for change in my life and perhaps their lives i don't know but certainly in my life to recognize that attachment to anything whether it be connection to people or friendship or a role that you're playing it doesn't work it just doesn't work that attachment because 
the only thing that you can really trust is the connection that you have to your heart and the connection that you have to your higher power. And so that was a big lesson and a hard lesson and one that I'm probably still learning, but that would be the biggest challenge that I've had, certainly recently. Mm-hmm. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson you would want our listeners to take away from your story? That everything that's happening to you right now in this moment, even though it's could be painful and heart-wrenching and you think that it's never going to end it's actually perfect it's absolutely perfect and that there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you at all it's just something an experience that's moving through you actually and that it's perfect everything that's happening is perfect so first off thank you for sharing your precious life lessons with us mm-hmm. and allowing us to learn from your experiences mm-hmm. I know going back to a moment of challenge is never easy. No. But because you did, our listeners will have one more reason to grow through a challenge and not go through a challenge. So thanks a lot. Thank you. So Karen, as they say the darkest hour of the night comes just before the dawn. Yeah. We are now moving on to the next portion of our show which is all about finding your true calling mm-hmm. or your purpose. So listeners the Merriam Webster dictionary defines a calling as a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. So listeners in case you haven't found your calling yet just have the faith because you never know who you might meet and how they might influence you. So my question to you Karen have you found your calling and if yes what is your calling? Well, honestly, um I've come to the conclusion that your calling or my calling is exactly whatever it is that I'm doing in that moment because I think that I struggled for a long time with finding my calling and thinking that whatever I was doing in that moment wasn't good enough and that that wasn't what my calling was. And I actually heard a quote um heard it in the secret and then I googled it again and it's this writing a novel is like driving a car at night you can only see as far as your headlights but you can make the entire journey that way and i feel like that is a representation of how my calling is manifesting in life i don't know exactly where the necessarily i'm going to end up but i do know that if i just follow those headlights just even if it's 100 feet in front of me that it, every time i take that step it's guiding me in the right direction and so i think that my calling honestly is to connect it's to be connected to myself to be connected to whatever work it is that i'm doing in that moment to be connected to my students or the people that i meet in my everyday life that's my calling it's to connect well thanks for that i like how you mentioned that live your life as if you can see only as far as your headlights mm-hmm. but truly you can travel the entire distance that way and it's it's very true because sometimes in a bit to plan and strategize we think so far ahead mm-hmm. that we forget mm-hmm. to ask this very important question what is the most important thing that you can do today to make the biggest impact tomorrow or one month or two months down the line mm-hmm. so thanks for reminding us Mhm. And Marianne Williamson often talks about it, you know, that your work or your purpose on this earth is to to be present and to be a teacher and to be a student and that whatever work it is that you're doing in that moment is your calling. And I th- I just feel like that's really true. 
for me anyway. Mm-hmm. So based on what we've discussed, life is about cherishing those magical moments, mm-hmm. that one job, that one client, that one decision that can truly change your life. So what is that one moment that you can share with our listeners beyond which you knew without a doubt that this is what you were meant to do? Let's go back in time and let's hear that story. Oh, a moment when I knew that this was what I was meant to do. I I guess that teaching is what I really feel I was meant to do. And so I uh, teach public speaking, actually. And I had a student who couldn't really couldn't speak in public. Her her throat chakra would completely close and she wasn't able to, to open her mouth at all. And so we worked together quite a bit and we worked on, I find that softening the back of the heart chakra allows the energy to move up into the throat, but then sometimes it gets stuck there as well. So then we worked on, on softening the throat chakra and um, she eventually began to do short presentations in class. And then she went back to her home country, which was France. And she wrote to me and told me how much her life had transformed since then and how much she appreciated the things that she'd learned in our class. Um, and I don't think that I ever really felt that what I did was important before that moment. I just thought, you know, I teach these kids, they come through my life and then they go back to their regular lives. But I recognized at that moment that the things that we learned together, because I learned through them as well, was important. And that everything, every connection that I make with people is important. And so I think that that email actually was the the first time where I felt like, hmm, maybe teaching, maybe helping students realize their own brilliance is um, exactly what I'm meant to do. Well, that is indeed inspiring. I think uh, teaching is a very noble profession because you are essentially interacting with children and kids and students Mm-hmm. who are at a very critical age and mm-hmm. whatever help, support or advice that they can get at that stage can really uh, kickstart their journey towards leadership, towards leading the lives that their parents or their friends and family want them to to lead. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's I think it's, it's a wonderful uh, profession. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, Karen, we have now reached the final round. That is the wisdom round. Okay. Uh, Now, during this round, I will ask you a series of questions and you will respond with nuggets of wisdom, just like in a rapid fire round. And during this round, our listeners will get to listen to nuggets of wisdom, get inspired and obtain actionable steps that they can take right away. So, Karen, are you ready? Sure. What is the best advice you have ever received? It was from my best friend. And one night we were out dancing and I was stressing out about something and I can't remember what it was even that I was stressing out about. But she said to me, Karen, this is like the bar of soap in the shower. She said, what happens if you squeeze a bar of soap in the shower? And I was like, well, it squeezes out and you can't hold on to it. And she said, yeah. And what happens if you just hold it gently? And it stays. And I think that that is the best advice for absolutely everything, whether it's dating or studying or anything that you are doing in your life, the, the more gently you hold it, the more likely you are to have success, I suppose, or that it's about, it's going to stay. It's going to be accepted by you. The, more, the harder you squeeze, the, the further it flies. Well, that's a wonderful advice that you shared. I've heard a similar quote. I've heard that instead of a soap, in, in my case, it was sand. Mm. The more that you hold sand, the more that it sort of escapes in between your fingers. Mm-hmm. But if you hold it in a different way, then the sand remains within your grasp. So thanks a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, at My Seven Chakras, we strongly believe that great habits can dramatically enhance the quality of your life. So, if you had to recommend a personal habit that contributes to your well-being, what would that be? Meditating, meditating, and exercise. Actually, the combination of the two. If I can exercise and then meditate, perfect. Because it gets all of the physical stress out of my body, and then it's easier to to sink into the meditation. Though, if I had to make I, I, meditation. Absolutely, meditation, because it it develops your awareness and that, that just can't be bought. Mm-hmm. So in line with the last question, Karen, describe the first two hours of your day. What is your morning ritual like? When I'm on track and when, I, when I'm having my perfect morning, um, I get up early and maybe take a few breaths and then I go to the gym and work out and then I come home and meditate for half an hour or so and then i make awesome green juice actually with uh, apple and lemon and ginger <laughs> that's the first two hours now we know that reading books can be transformational so if you could recommend one book that changed your life what would it be the untethered soul by michael a singer awesome it's absolutely awesome i go back to it all the time and every time i learn something new and he absolutely talks about developing the witness consciousness and that the more you can sink back behind whatever you're experiencing in life and witness it, the more you can release. So listeners, you can find links to all the resources that we discuss about in the show notes. So Karen, I've truly enjoyed listening to the stories that you shared. They were phenomenal. Thank you. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for today. Tell us the best way we can find you. And then we'll say goodbye. Uh, Today, I'm really grateful for my mother. I'm at her place right now, and I'm I'm really just grateful for her. I've got an amazing relationship, and I think it just keeps getting better. And so today, I'm really grateful for my mother and the connection I have with her. Because I think, actually, she taught me to connect, period. So, yeah, I'm grateful for my mother. And the way you can contact me is either through the West Coast Reiki Center website, which is www.westcoastreikicenter.ca, or by email at karen.mccullough at gmail.com. Perfect. Again, listeners, this email ID, as well as other things that were mentioned during the show, will be available in the show notes. So you can just go through the show notes, click on the link, send Karen an email, or head on directly to the West Coast Reiki Center website. Perfect. So Karen, thank you so much for coming on our show today and taking our listeners one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.